It don't cost a bit more to dream big than it does little. Today I will have my faith built by the Word of God. I will not allow my past to control my future. God has given me my dreams to look forward to and my faith as a means by which I will arrive. I will dream big because I serve a big God. Hallelujah. I want to talk about promises today. How many is thankful for God's promises? Promises, whether it's a pinky promise that you make with your four-year-old or the swearing-in of a U.S. president. Promises are serious things. Somebody say amen. Since the beginning of time, keeping promises has had its challenges. Ask Adam and Eve. But thankfully, there's somebody we can always count on to see his promises through. The book of Numbers, the 23rd chapter and the 19th verse, it says, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the Son of Man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Aren't you glad that God is not like us in the flesh? It's actually impossible for him to lie. The book of Hebrews, the 6th chapter and the 18th verse, it says... That by two immutable things in which it was impossible. Somebody say impossible. Impossible for God to lie. We might have a strong consolation. Who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. He's rock solid and he is consistent when it comes to keeping his word. Somebody say amen to that. Now, maybe that hasn't been the case for you or somebody you know. Maybe a situation didn't turn out the way that you hoped or believed that it would. God is a promise keeper, not a promise breaker. Hallelujah. But I I want you to get this next part, and it's very important that you understand what I'm about to say. God is not a promise breaker, but it is not all on Him to see His promises come to pass. You all need to wake up. Somebody say amen. If I'm going to preach, you got to amen me. If you want... The full benefit of all God's promises. How many wants the full benefit of all God's promises? There are certain things you need to understand and there are certain things that you need to do if the promise is going to work. Now keep in mind, you are the deciding factor that makes or breaks God's promise in your life. So quit blaming Him if you're not walking according to the principle and then you don't see the promise. 
See, I have no doubt that God is my source. So therefore, I trust Him with my finances. I don't look at the economy and decide whether or not I'm going to tithe. I tithe and then I say, economy, you have to line up in my life the way the Word says you will. Amen? Somebody say this. Promises require commitment. Say that again. Promises require commitment. See, that's the part that sometimes we don't want to do. I love grace. Don't y'all like grace? Grace, grace, God's grace. I'm so thankful for God's grace. God's grace is always there. But God can never do something that is contrary to His will. And His will is... Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, then all these things will be added unto you. Hallelujah. Say it again. Promises require commitment. Genesis 12.1 says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from, the, from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show you. And I will make, Thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Verse 3 says, And I will bless them that bless you, and curse him that curses you. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. You have to understand, Abram turned into Abraham, but Abram did not know that that would happen he believed the Word of God. A promise requires at least two parties who are willing to commit to the process. Amen? When God asked Abraham to leave everyone and everything, everything that was familiar to him, everything that was common to him, and moved to a place that was uncommon to him, Everything that was familiar to him, he was asked to leave behind and follow him 3,400 plus miles, the best I could figure out, to a place that he knew nothing about. That was a big ask. Come on, somebody. It required some serious commitment on Abraham's part. But then, think about God's end of the bargain. Ooh, that's what you need to always think about when God asks you something. You go, oh, I know that there's, there's a catch to this, and this catch is going to be a benefit to me. He said, I will make you a great nation. If you leave the stuff that you get your security from and make me your security because they need you in that land, 3,400 miles away from where you are today, 3,400 miles away from anything that you are familiar with, familiarity will breed contempt in you because if you stay somewhere just because you're comfortable or if you go somewhere just because you're comfortable and it is not what God is telling you to do, it'll mess you up. Come on, somebody. He said, I will bless you. I'll make you a great nation. Listen, and every human being will be blessed because of you. That was big. It's a big ask. 
especially since at the time of the ask, Abraham was already 70 years old and his wife was 60 years old. They never had children. They didn't have and you know what? When you get to 70, I'm 53 and on the 21st, and I promise you, ain't no more youngins going to be called midkiff because of me. <laughs> I promise you that. They might be called midkiff because of Jackie Lee and, and, and Kenzie, but not because old Jack. Mm-mm. God was stepping out there. See, that's one of the reasons why the Apostle Peter said this in 2 Peter 1.4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, His divine nature, having escaped the, the com, uh, corruption that is in the world through lust. Whoever dares to trust God never regrets it. Today, if you will dare to do what God is calling you to do, it doesn't matter how it feels to you. It doesn't matter how it looks to you. If you will dare to trust Him, you'll never regret it. As a matter of fact, one day you'll look back and go, I remember that 17-year-old girl. I remember, I don't even know how I did it, but I got down on my knees when everything around me was going to hell in a handbag. I prayed and I prayed because I knew. And now she stood here and said, I'm looking at what that 17-year-old prayed for. If you today, wherever you're at in this world, if you will trust God, take Him at His word in a few days, you will look back and go oh there I was but here I am Peter calls God's promises precious and they're precious in part because they come at a high cost of commitment God's promises are precious because he promises to be Matter of fact, he promises that he will open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that you will not be able to maintain or contain, but the commitment is to be a tither. And I'm going to help you with something. Is that all right if I help you with something? If you won't tithe on a dollar, you won't tithe on a hundred. So I've heard people tell me before, well, when I start making more money, I'm going to tithe. If you don't tithe now, you won't tithe then. Because trust is trust no matter where you are, and you start trusting Him now, and you build. Faith is increased. We are given, I'm going to give you this scripture in a minute, we're given the measure of faith. But there's also a reason why Paul said in Romans 10, 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, because this world will try to stifle pull out and push down your faith. But I promise you, if you will read the Word of God and stay in this book, I believe it from the maps, or from Genesis to the maps. I believe every word of this. This is not a good book. It's the book. It's just not some suggestions. It's the commandments of how I can live my life and be prosperous. Abraham and Sarah committed to the process and relocated in a faraway land 
where they prospered. Where they increased. And eventually, they held a baby boy in their arms. Hallelujah. For the past 4,000 years, their family has continued to grow and to bless us all. Because you are the spiritual descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. How about you? How far would you be willing to go just on someone's word? Because you, really, you, you do realize that, you know, we get in here and we feel, you know, we feel Holy Ghost bumps and we, we do the hook and buck and, and, and it feels real good and, and all that. But we're talking about they didn't have a Bible. They didn't have a they didn't have they didn't have centuries behind them like we have to show the faithfulness of God. This is in the beginning of what we know life to be primarily. Amen. So I want you to get that because what if God speaks to you today and says, "You know what? I want you to go to South Korea. I want you to go to Los Angeles, California. I want you to go to the grocery store and be nice. I'm only being serious. Amen? How far would you be willing to go just because he said? How big of a promise would you dare to commit to if the Lord spoke to you today? How big of an idea could you digest in your spirit? I, I, I want you to know something, that it's a progression. God cannot tell you to do something that's super big if you're not already in the ballpark of understanding who he is. So don't come in here sleeping on Sunday morning. I'm not trying to be rude, but I guess I'm just feeling a little bold right now because I believe that this word's going to change somebody's life. Don't come in here sleeping during praise and worship or, or just walking around and going, I wish they'd hurry so we could go to lunch. You know what? I want you to understand something. If you will come in here and look at this opportunity to get you in a progression of understanding the change and the metamorphosis that will take place in your life through the worship and the Word, God will then speak to you in a way that Maybe today even, you can't handle. How many is ready for the progression? When it comes to getting into an agreement with God over any of His promises, here's the issues that we must confront and resolve. We need to understand that there's a cost to commitment. God will keep His word. He just needs your commitment to move forward. I said, God will keep His word. He just needs your commitment to move forward. So this morning, if you take a note, write down that promises require commitment. Write this down. Promises require purpose. Second Peter 
1, 4. Whereby, reading the same one I just read. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. See, behind every great and precious promise of God, there's a great and precious purpose. I believe that God wants us to prosper. But it's not so that we can walk around on this earth, be a fat cat, and only take care of us and ours. We are to be a kingdom church. Be a kingdom-minded people. So that if we are walking down the street and God says, oh, that guy coming out of that Presbyterian or Baptist or Methodist or whatever kind of church or my local or whatever, uh, uh, whatever it is, and God says, give them $1,000. You hear him? And you do it because there's a purpose. The greater the commitment, Peter tells us that God's purpose with all his promises is to give us the opportunity to share, listen, in his divine nature. See, here's the thing. He wants us to become just like him. There's a country song out that says, seeing my father in me. It's the way I want to be. See, I want to see, I want him to see me becoming like him. I want to see the attributes and the divine nature of God in me. When God reached out to Abraham, he promised him an heir. He promised him a child. He promised him countless descendants and the land that he needed to sustain all of them. See, that satisfied Abraham's purpose in the whole deal. He had a promise and the purpose was so he could bring through and by him the Abrahamic covenant and the Abrahamic blessing that we can stand on today. You know, you're the head, not the tail. Who wants to be a tail? Amen? I want to be above and not beneath. Amen? See, the promise fulfilled purpose for Abraham and God was a win-win for both of them. You are in covenant with God. And to understand that you are in covenant with God, God's greatest hope for you as a son or a daughter is that you grow up and you become just like Him, sharing in His divine nature through His great and precious promises. Do you think God gets a, a notification on His big divine cell phone and gets worried about gas prices? Huh? No, he is not moved by the things of this world. So if we have his nature, it doesn't mean that we throw our head in sand. It doesn't mean that it's not real. But I want you to understand something. That his power that is within me is bigger than the forces in this earth. Because he did that on Calvary in case y'all might have forgot. When he said, boop, boop, boop. It's finished. And when he said it's finished, it means that the devil has already got his place in hell. And I want you to understand that he knows that. 
The reason that that Satan's trying to get you messed up is because he already knows he's going to go to hell. So he don't care what what happens to him. But I want you to also understand, he knows when you understand your authority in the name of Jesus that he has to back up. So sure, if he can get your mind all muddled up with the things, oh, I got to look like this or I got to act like that or I got to get my social status up to here and I got to get this many likes so I've got to act like I don't know what two brain cells is on social media so everybody hit like, 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 like. No, no, no. What I want you to do is understand that God has the ability to supernaturally give you favor. God's a promise keeper. Look at somebody and say, God's a promise keeper. Joshua 21, 45 says, There failed not alt of anything which the Lord hath spoken unto the house of Israel. All came to pass. Ooh, I'm about to get excited. 2 Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering. In other words, He's very patient. Come on, somebody. He's very patient to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all, somebody say all, all should come to repentance. And all His promises are yours to experience. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For all the promises of God in Him are yea and in Him, amen, under the glory of God by us. All you have to do is to get in His Word and find the promise that you desire or need, then find your purpose just like Abraham did. Amen? Promise requires purpose. Write this down. Promise requires faith. Promises require faith. 2 Peter 1.1 says, Simon Peter, a servant of an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. See, a common business practice in this world, is anybody in the banking business or ever been in the banking business? See, there's a common practice for generations that we understand that's been used and it's called a promissory note. When committing to someone that you will give them something, usually money, or buy something by a a certain date. When God told Abraham that he and Sarah would have a son, it wasn't his idea of just a reveal party. You know what a reveal party was for me soon to be 53 years ago? This is what I was told anyway. My mother looked across the, dinner, the, the breakfast table at my dad and said, this baby is, is moving. And he went, what baby? That was the reveal party for my family. And here I is. Thank you very much. What baby? When God told Abraham and Sarah that, that they would have a son, it wasn't his idea to just tell them that. He was establishing, listen to me, he was establishing credit with Abraham and Sarah 
even down to giving them a name and a due date. Genesis 17, 19. And God said, Sarah, thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. There's the name. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant with his seed after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and will uh, multiply him exceedingly. Uh, Twelve princes shall he begat, and I will make him a great nation. But, listen, my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. God doesn't throw promises out there and go, oh, I hope it happens. He has a purpose. He has a plan. And if you will have faith, you will receive it. He was letting them know His promise was as good as gold. He was making them a promissory note. Has He ever promised you anything? Have you ever sat down and started praying and and you just have this peace when you're praying for your children? They may act like that they don't even know what a church is right now. But when you pray for them, there's this peace. You don't even know how it gets there. But there's this peace that comes up. That's God saying, I promise. I promise. Amen? He was building their faith for future promises that he'd make. Hebrews 11.1. 1. I'm going to read out of the Amplified Classic. It says, Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things that we hope for being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. That's why I tell you all the time, don't live by senses. Well, I sense something is happening in the economy. Stop! Look at the Word of God. Don't live by your senses. Somebody said, well, that makes sense. Not if it is in opposition to what the Word says. Amen? It's kind of like seasons. Everybody said, well, it's it, you, you can't even have a little bit of a sniff. And somebody said, is your allergies getting you? And I go, no, I don't have allergies. You know why I don't know that I have allergies? Because I've never gone to the doctor and been tested for allergies. Oh, you might have them. It makes sense. You might have them. No, 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 no. No, you, you know what? I don't. I'm about, I'm, I'm about to say something that if, if one of them naysayers is watching, they might have a little fodder here, but that's all right. I'm not knocking going to the doctor. Go to the doctor. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I've gone to the doctor before. But when I start feeling that stuff, I go, in the name of Jesus, stop. Some of y'all might not have enough room to do that, but I got a big old nose. I can peck on that thing. Stop. The Bible says, speak to the mountain. It's not just talking about a mountain. It is talking about a mountain, but it's also talking about sickness. When it don't make sense, God has a promise that goes past your senses. Amen? If you own a car, if you own a house, if you own a piece of property, and you hold the title deed, 
what that title deed, it names you as the lawful owner of that property. God's promises are like owning property. They're not a reward for something we've done. They're something that Jesus purchased for us with His blood. Did you hear me? It's our right. It's our right, but it's also our responsibility to take possession of the promise. So, God's Word is His promissory note offering you His promises. And faith is what releases the power of His Word and connects you to the promises. Faith makes promises work. Somebody say amen to that. Faith makes promises work. So why do you talk about faith all the time, Pastor? Because faith makes promises work. Why do you, why do you care that, we have, that we're a word of faith church? Because faith makes promises work. So, maybe you're not sure about the level of your faith right now. No worries about that. Jesus told his disciples this in Mark eleven twenty two, And I'm going to tell you this. If you're worried or wondering or are thinking, oh my goodness, where's my faith? I've not had enough faith. I don't have enough faith. The devil is a liar. You've been given the measure of faith. And this is what Jesus said to do. Mark eleven twenty two. the Passion Translation says, Jesus replied, let the faith of God be in you. Romans 12, 3. For I say through grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. It's so important that you understand this because all my life, all my life, I thought and walked around and heard, some, I heard people say, well, man, I wish I had their faith. Oh man, if I just had as much faith as they got, you do. You do. Amen? The Apostle Paul tells us that God has given each of us the measure of faith. God not only offers you exceedingly and great precious promises, but He also gives you the faith you need to see the promises come to pass. Somebody say, thank God for promises. And thank God for faith. Promises also require willingness. Come on, somebody. Willingness. Isaiah 119, if you are willing and obedient, you will. Somebody say, I will. Eat the good things of the land. See, willingness has always been the key ingredient to God's promises coming to pass in our life. A monumental example of his rescue was of the children of Israel. 430 years that they were enslaved in Egypt. Instead of possessing the promised land as God commanded, the Israelites were unwilling to take the land. I heard something this week, and I wanna, I, I'm your pastor, so I'm going to say this to you. I wouldn't say this if I was preaching at another church because it ain't my business to correct somebody else's flock. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you're a part of this church, listen to me and listen good. I love social media. I love that I can get the word anytime. But there's times that I hear things through that, that I have to have wisdom of what to go. I don't receive that. Because somebody said just the other day, said, hey, you'll never, you, you'll never get your, your promised land until you go through your wilderness. 
God didn't just give them the promised land. He put them in the wilderness to teach them a lesson. That is absolutely not what the Word of God teaches. They went to the wilderness because they were disobedient. All they would have had to do is listen, obey, and go to the promised land. Two weeks! Two-week journey! But they were there for 40 years. I propose to you today, if you will make a decision that you'll trust God and you will lean on Him and not lean on your own understanding, not lean on the senses that everybody else is talking about, but you will hold to the hand of the one that wrote the book and wrote the promises you don't have to go 40 years around the mountain you can stop today and you can take the promise you can walk up in your place right now hallelujah hallelujah I said hallelujah 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 Thank you, Jesus. Descendants of those Israelites later gave their version of the story. I want you to read this. Nehemiah 9, 13. Thou camest down also upon Mount Sinai and spake us with them from heaven and gave us them right judgments and the true laws, good statutes and commandments and made known unto them your holy Sabbath, and commanded them precepts, statutes, and laws by the hand of Moses thy servant, and gave them bread from heaven for their hunger, and uh, brought forth water from them out of the rock for their thirst, and promised them that they should go in and possess the land which thou had sworn to give them. Listen. But they and their fathers dealt proudly and hardened their necks and hearkened not to thy commandment and refused to obey, neither were mindful of thy wonders that thou didst among them, but hardened their necks. Look at somebody and tell them, don't be a hard neck. And in their rebellion, listen, appointed captain to return to their bondage. But thou art a God, listen, ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, great kindness, and forsooketh them not. Barely out of the gate, Israel ran out of steam. They ran out of willingness, and the promise became an epic fail. Remember, God promises, God's promises are a property to be possessed, but you can't possess them without being willing to follow the conditions. Are you hearing me today? Your willingness will make or break God's promises in your life. I'm here to tell you today that I will not give up. I will not back down. I will not compromise. I will go forward and I will go into the promised land that the Lord has promised High Praises Church. And in case you're just getting on the bus, nothing wrong with that. We got plenty of room. 
But in case you're just getting on this ride, the Lord spoke to me in, in, in the year 2000 and said that we would shoot, some people are here that I said this, that we would shoot signals into the, into the atmosphere and that we would be uh, uh, around the world. Well, guess what? God is still not shaken at the promise that He gave us. God is raising us up and I want you to understand something. I am ready to take it and I am ready to possess it and you're ready to take it. You're ready to possess it and we're not only going to see people saved which is wonderful but I got news for you. You can be saved and miserable. You can be saved and miserable. Don't raise your hand and God don't point at nobody. But have you ever met anybody that was saved and you really thought they was on their way to heaven, but they looked like they had sucked on a persimmon for three and a half days? Awful. Awful. I'm telling you, and I prophesy to you right now, and I declare and decree, and Job said when you do that, it'll be established on the earth. I decree and declare right now that this looming recession that they're talking about will not touch you if you will be a tither, if you will be a giver and if you will be faithful to the word of God the, the weapon that the devil has schemed to try to tear you apart will not touch you if you will declare and decree the word around your house every day now don't you sit there on your Bible and think well the pastor said it. No, 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 no. What you need to do is get the word out of the page into your mouth and speak it. Get it into your heart and believe it and stand by it. The last thing. Promises require patience. You know why you can be patient? It's because you're not worried about the outcome. That's how you can be patient. People that are not patient are worried about the outcome. I'm not worried about the outcome. You know what? There's things I don't understand sometimes. There's things I don't understand. That's when I go, God, I stand on your promise. I don't try to deliberate or I don't try to pick apart what I don't understand. Amen? I just know today that 24 years ago, I didn't have hardly two pennies to rub together, and I got two houses, and one of them's completely paid for, and everything else that I own is paid for, and this church is paid for. I didn't even know I was, I didn't know I was going to be a pastor 24 years ago. See, I work quick. I met LaDonna in April, married her in July. Yeah. Hmm. In absolutely October, I'll even say maybe in November. I was starting to get a feel in October, but in 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 October, November of 1998, I had no intentions of pastoring a church. My pastor at the time, Clarence Bird, set up a church for me to go and be the interim pastor because they was looking for a church I got there and in three weeks we went from 12 people to 60 people man I was starting to feel it I was standing at the back door one day shaking hands one of the elders or I think he was the trustee 
He about knocked me and the woman I was shaking hands with down. And I said, what's wrong? He said, I, I got to go look at the parking lot. I got to go look at the parking lot. And he went out there. Man, I thought he was excited. That night, the pulpit committee, <laughs> I should have known right then, but the pulpit committee wanted to have a meeting with me. I was expecting them to go, okay, you know that salary we've been talking about? It's going to be like this big. No. They said, we would like to have you and your family, but we don't want all these people at one time. Here's the next words that come out of his mouth. We're concerned that we will lose control of our church. Okay. So I stayed around because I didn't, I didn't make a hasty decision. I get mad. I didn't get mad. But a week and a half later, I went to their business meeting. And I stepped up and I said, I would hereby like to withdraw my name from the run for pastor of this church. I said, I love you guys. I wish you well. I said, but due to the differences that you have on growth and what I have on growth, I can't be here. That was maybe, I don't know, the second week or maybe going into the third week of November. And I had several people look at me and go, what are we going to do now? And I said, I don't have a clue. I said, we're going to have a Bible study. I said, Brian and Christy Hanley, can we have a Bible study at your house Wednesday night? We did. On Wednesday night, we just had a Bible study. But come Sunday morning. That's why I always say the first... The, that's why I always say the first service of High Praises Church was the first Sunday of November in 1998 because between Wednesday night and Sunday morning, God gave me the promise and He gave me the name just like He did Abraham. And do you understand that the reason I guess that I'm running over a little bit, I never connected that until just now of what I taught you. I studied that yesterday and I never connected that. God will never give you a promise that He doesn't name it and tell you when to do it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Romans 4.18 says, Who against hope believed in hope that he might become his father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. It's one thing to get inspired and commit to the idea of a promise, especially when it comes to the benefit part. But... It's another thing altogether when it comes to time to walk it out. Like it or not, promises or the hope of something coming to pass can take time. Sometimes a lot of time. When time becomes an issue, patience usually becomes an issue also. So, no surprises. No surprises. You get the Word of God, and then you trust the Word of God. Hebrews 6, 12, last scripture of the day. That you may be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Bottom line. You have to be willing to give promises time. Thank you guys so much for joining High Praises Church podcast today. We are so happy to have had you with us. If you just met Jesus for the first time and you want to commit your life to him, repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you. I open my heart and I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. 
take complete control of my life and help me to walk in your footsteps by the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you so much for answering my prayer and saving my life. Amen. God is so good. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you and may his face shine upon you and may he be gracious to you. Now, we want you to stay connected with our socials. You can find us every Sunday and Wednesday on our Facebook and YouTube live at The High Praises Church and catch us on our Instagram at The High Praises. Can't wait to see you next week. Take care.